It's a demi. It's a demi. It's a demi. It's a demi. Fresh takes. This is Don't Evolve Me, the place like Ash Ketchum Pikachu. We don't evolve. We just level up. And it's just me today, baby. It's just me this week. No Donald. We'll catch him next week. So he's not available. And I figured, you know what? We're not going to wait a little bit. We're not going to wait for him. I'm going to give you my thoughts for this episode. And then next week, we'll catch Donald's thoughts on this episode. Season 3 as a whole. Season 4 predictions as well as Ahsoka. We'll talk all that stuff. But for this week alone, I really just want to give you my thoughts on this episode. And this episode surprised me a bit. And not in the way that I thought it was going to surprise me. It surprised me in a way that it was just very straightforward to the point. Let's just get into the action. This episode was very much a part two of one. And that's kind of how it felt. For good or for good. Like for better or for worse. Because I'll be honest, the part two all action was fairly pretty good. I enjoyed all the action. And I actually agree that splitting up with the, between these two episodes instead of making one giant episode, because I'll be honest, splitting this episode up made the Penetula episode, the last episode, which I forget what the name of it was. Oh, Spies. Spies, it made that episode a lot better because it ended on a cliffhanger. It ended on that Empire Strikes Back moment where it's like, oh, what's going to happen? And then this episode was like, oh, yeah, we're going to tell you exactly what happened immediately. For better, for worse. At least that's how I viewed it. So let's review what kind of what happened. So immediately, uh, let's, re- let's recap what happened where we left off in the last episode. In the Peninsula episode, The Spies. So in this episode, Din Djarin was captured. The Mandalorians were on the run. There is attack heading towards the fleet. Axe Wolves is trying to... He, he made his escape. So in this episode, took immediately. It, I mean, like immediately, just took right after that. And before I get into like what happened in this episode, I kind of just want to like talk about how this is very different for the Mandalorian. They're not. They don't really do a whole lot of like two-parter episodes, and I mean that in a way where the show is very episodic. Since season one. It was very much like side quest, side quest, side quest, side quest. I mean, the first three episodes were his, like main story. That kind of felt like one giant story. And then it was like one giant arc broken into three parts. And the rest of it was kind of just like, oh, side quest here, side quest here, side quest here. Season two was very much that way. There was just like each episode was its own story. Where season three was kind of like a bigger story is being told. The way I kind of like explained it. I guess the way it makes sense to me is like the first two seasons were like if you were playing an RPG game, thinking like Skyrim. Skyrim is very relevant. I just got a new graphics card and it's like the first thing I wanted to play was Skyrim on my PC. Skyrim has never looked so more, never looked so more beautiful. I didn't get anything different. I just got a, I didn't get like a brand new graphics card. It was a used one from Michael, the, uh, the Last of Us Michael. Anyway, further from the point. Mandalorian just felt like it was always like on those interesting side quests that like are better than the main quest itself. And season three very much felt like a main quest. And so getting to this season, 
it just felt different because it's all about the main quest. It's about completing the main quest, which is important. It's important to the story. It's the whole, what the whole story is about. But it's like the part that you just you're not interested in. You're not as interested in. And that's kind of how I felt the writers felt about season three as a whole. And so coming to this episode, it just it I wasn't expecting it to be straightforward. I was expecting it to be its own episode where it would basically like a recap what happened, but then it kind of started its own story. But no, we didn't get that. We get immediately we jump into Bo-Katan is retreating from the base. Axe Wolves somehow, somehow gets to the fleet through his jet pack, for through his jet pack, which is a question that I have. I don't understand how, you know, chasing after birds on a planet, they run out of fuel, and then somehow they're able to fly to the fleet and then fly down from space without having that same jet fuel problem. I don't understand how that works. That is a question I had for Donald. He's probably going to be like. Why are you worrying about jetpack travel now? Like first it's space travel, now it's jetpack travel. I have questions. I have a lot of questions for this. And I know the answer to the question is it just wasn't great writing. Like that is the answer to the question, but it is now lore. So now I have jetpack questions. Like that's what happens when you have bad writing into, you know, a giant lore like Star Wars. Now there's jetpack questions. So anyway, Axwells goes to or he sends the remaining Mandalorians down to the uh, down to the planet, and he sends them down. He is taking fire. He's trying to defend. Eventually, his that ship goes down. I know it's later in the story, but I don't want to go back into it. And so he's crashing into. He's going down, crashing right. The armor, who is not a spy, neither is Axe Wolves. We'll get into that a little bit later into this episode. She's flying down with the rest of the crew. She's kicking ass. And then Grogu, or not Grogu, Din Djarin, he's getting taken away to the debriefing room. Again, no idea why he's being captured and not killed in this moment. This episode is not going to answer that question at all. And Din, very survivalist, very like gritty, takes out the only the the two bodyguards which again the last of us also has this like thing like if you're gonna escort somebody out someone who's like very very dangerous why why only two men always have like four again more questions to the logic i know if we had four like he wouldn't escape but anyway he attacks the two men this is actually a really cool scene this whole sequence so I'm going to complain a lot about this like episode. I feel like I'm complaining about it. But I'll be honest, like the way this episode just turned out, like from an action standpoint, was honestly really really good. Like it had me on my toes where I was like, "Oh, this is this is great. This is great action, great directing." Rick uh I believe I'm going to butcher this name, Rick Famuea. I completely butchered it. Honestly, killed it the last two episodes as director. Like his directing style was great. His well done. This action sequence from him fighting the two bodyguards, Grogu shows up. No, no, no. Blocks it. Great. I don't know how Grogu was able to like diverge from Bo-Katan, but like wonderful, great. Like I'm glad that these two characters are finally like having their moment. They're having their lone wolf and cub moments. It took seven episodes too late for him to actually like get that like 
focus, but I'm happy that they're able to end it on that point. Yeah, Din breaks loose. He goes into the little barrier room, or they they look for you know the whole we must take him out now, which. You know, I question whether they had to take him out now. I, I think it would have been better if they would have came back retreat, but it made for a really interesting episode. So they went to go take him out. They're going against the barriers, which I joke with Donald, like this barrier room seems very unnecessary. But like now I understand in this episode why they put it in here, because this action sequence is very, which again is very Phantom of the Menace-esque. Just really cool, really dope. You got R5 and you know, controlling the mechanisms. You have each opponent waiting. This felt very video game gauntletly, because he has no weapons. It's just him and his armor. Grogu is hiding in the background in his uh, IG twelve mech suit, and he's just didn't just go and ham on these uh, new Empire soldiers or Beskar enhanced stormtrooper. He's just going ham on them. They both have Beskar. And he's just taking them out one by one and slowly upgrading weapons each gauntlet. So he, I believe there was four gauntlets, beats the first two, goes into the next one. He is able to get the little shock weapon. I forget what you call it, the little, it's not a lightsaber, but it has like lightsaber energy. He gets the shield, he beats the, like it's hard to describe the scheme without like actually watching it. But this whole scene with him and the barriers was just really well done is my favorite part. I've watched this, this scene several times. Cause it's just a really, really well acted scene. So major props to the director for being able to just execute the scene. And honestly, the next fighting scenes after this is just honestly very, very great. And honestly, very much saved season three and saved the finale because this there was no plot. It was just straight action and the action was great. So they move on. They find the clones of Moff Gideon. He's making clones of himself. And this is really interesting because this whole season, and not just this season, but Bad Batch as well, as well as Andor? No, I don't know if Andor is really teasing this idea. But Bad Bad Batch for sure, they're very much teasing the ideas that the Sith and the Empire are looking into cloning, which is huge when you think about like uh, Rise of the Rise of Skywalker with Palpatine coming back there and with Snoke as well. They're trying to tie in these two eras. And I think they're doing a pretty good job. And I really think this scene is interesting because it's not Snoke in the background. It's not Palpatine. It's Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon is trying to clone himself. And he gets into that whole villain speech later on in the episode where he's essentially trying to do the best of both worlds. He's trying to you know, he is Sith. He's trying to clone himself, force powers. And I'm assuming he's trying to do essentially what Palpatine did is change his consciousness from his body into a new body with, you know, force abilities on top of the fact that he's also a Mandalore. So he has a Beskar armor and then all he needs is the Darksaber, which I don't know, pretty cool evil guy plan. It works for Moff Gideon. It makes sense. It's intriguing. I don't know where they go with that from here with Thrawn coming, but like it's an intriguing plan. And then Din just presses a few buttons and everything blows up. I don't I don't understand. 
I don't understand how that happens. Um, I guess it just happens for happens. It's like, why does the evil guy have a self-destruct, a self-destruct button on his base? Who knows? Um, it's just like the episode, what was it, Guns for Hire, where the guy had the blow up all the androids button and it's just a giant red button right next to his desk. Seems like a security oversight. You know what? You just, just don't ask questions. This is what I'm learning from this reviewing Star Wars or just reviewing shows. Just don't ask questions because, yeah, it ruins the experience. So anyway, Din, Din and Grogu, they confront Moff Gideon. They have their little fight. Moff Gideon is freaking powerful in his new suit. And then the Praetorian Guards come. Praetorian Guards, they fight against Grogu. And this... <clears throat> again, I have another question, too. Is why, why, are the, why is there three Praetorian Guards trying to kill a little child? Like, I don't know. I don't even remember like them getting the order, but it happens. And I, I'll be honest. This whole fight sequence between the three parties, because you have Din versus Moff, then you have Grogu versus Praetorian Guards, and then eventually Grogu... Dinjarin versus Praetorian Guards, and then Bo-Katan versus Moff, and then all three of them against Moff. And I honestly really liked how this played out. Because first you have Din versus Moff. You have that little rematch. Um, Din doesn't really have a whole lot of weapons to work with. Moff had to, he doesn't have the Darksaber, but he definitely got upgraded in his new soup, which looks badass. Very, he looks kind of like a mix of, between uh, Gar Saxon and Darth Vader, and it just, it just works. The whole Grogu versus Praetorian Guards. I really just like seeing Grogu in action. I like him just being a character, moving around, using his force powers, him jumping from... Like, I just like that it's he's now just like a physical presence. He's not just a MacGuffin anymore. He's not just something that just randomly shows up. He is very much a character that's involved in this fight, and I really enjoyed seeing that from Grogu. I don't like the idea of three Praetorian Guards trying to kill a small child, especially a small child that's probably very useful to Moff Gideon. Again, questions. Don't ask them because it's going to ruin the experience for you. It's pretty much how I feel. And then you got Bo-Katan shows up facing Moff Gideon. She has the dark saber again. That makes perfect sense for the season. But the scenes that I just really liked is just Din and Grogu fighting together because seeing them just save each other back and forth and just seeing their dynamic grow, it's like, man, this is what we were missing this entire season. It was that dynamic. Those two working together. I will get into this more when we get Donald next week because I have lots of thoughts on season three as a whole. This episode, I don't really have a whole lot of criticisms for this episode. My criticisms of this episode is mostly just criticisms of the finale. And I'll get into that once we get into the end of this. Bogotan faces Moff, couldn't beat them together. So all three of them fight. Uh... Moff Gideon kills the, or destroys the Darksaber. Again, I don't understand why he destroys the Darksaber. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand why the show destroys the Darksaber. Is it destroyed for good? Is it long-term? I don't know. It's, to me, it just doesn't make sense because it's such huge lore. Like, it's such a big lore thing. To just throw it away and get rid of it just feels wasted potential. It feels underwhelming. Maybe it comes back next season or in Ahsoka or wherever. I don't know. 
It just doesn't make sense from a Moff Gideon standpoint. I, it, they destroyed it. It's a thing and happened. And that's kind of just how I feel about it at this point. It's just a thing that happened. They either they either waste the potential or they're bringing it back. I I feel like they already wasted the potential between Bo and Din. Din just essentially handing it over to her. I know they can't just like repeat that whole storyline again, but I don't know. So anyway, those three fight. It's again, it's just great to see those three fighting with each other, working with each other. I wish it was just a little bit earned, but we'll get into that. So anyway, Axe crashes the ship down. Moff is not dead, but dead. He's, you know, it seems like he'd be dead, but they don't show a dead body, so he's not dead. It's also Star Wars. Like, if people fall into the abyss, they're going to come back. It's just what happens. Darth Maul did it. Palpatine did it. He's not dead. So we get into the epilogue of this episode. And I agree with most of this. I think my, again, my only criticism is none of this really felt earned. So we got, um, I believe, uh, Paz Vivla, his kid got re, retook the oath. I believe that was his kid. Uh, I question it, but it makes sense because it's in the actual, um, the actual waters. Grogu is now an apprentice and is now adopted, which is, I think, where the season should have been ended it makes sense i think that's what needed needed to happen it just didn't feel earned that's my only criticism it didn't feel earned i feel like they could have written that whole thing but that gets into why i'm disappointed with season three mando goes to uh, fava i keep calling him fava feel like i'm thinking of stormtroopers teva officer teva carson teva and i really like the setup where he's like hey i want to do work for the like not i don't work for a new republic i am a contractor i want to take down the um, empirical um, empiricals or uh, empire remnants really cool setup as well as you know having grogu actually be apprentice and being mandalorian like cool wonderful love it then they go back to navarro he takes his land. I do. I do feel like this actually paid off a little bit. He gets to rest a little bit. Uh, him and Grogu are just chilling. Really cool scene to end it on. Um, IG Eleven is now the protector, which again I feel like they should have a whole army after the whole pirate incident. Nonetheless, they have at least they have somebody who can like jump in when there's like you know immediate pirates. And that is the end of the episode. Again, epilogue worked. I like where they ended it. I think the ending, I'm completely fine with where they ended season three as a whole. And I'm, I really enjoyed these last two episodes. Uh, where I would rank this episode, The Return, uh, it's tough. Because it's one of those, like, as an actual episode itself, I wish there was more. I wish there was more to it. It was really straight to the point. But they executed the straight to the point really really good they ended it where the season probably should have ended it my only complaint about the whole thing was just none of it there's no payoff like the pay all the payoffs just wasn't built properly the season as a whole just could have been a whole lot better so i'm gonna give this a four minus i think that's where i'm at with it it's 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 great you know like i'm questioning i'm like 
it's a great episode. Like, it, it's executed very well. It's just, it's like a great ending to a horrible movie. Or like an okay movie. Like, oh, cool. It's a great ending. But the movie wasn't great. It didn't really tee up anything. It didn't tee it up enough to make it feel, yeah, that was great. It just didn't do it. So, four minus for the episode. Season three as a whole, I'll, me and Donald will get into it more. Actually, no. I'll, I'm going to save season three, season three thoughts. We're going to dive, me and Donald are going to dive into it. So, we're at the 20 minute mark, and I'm already past my limit when it comes to Demi. I'm always past my limit, guys. You know me. It's always over, never under. So, quick thoughts on this episode. I'm kind of disappointed with the fact that. I just felt like they had so much potential for more interesting storylines than a straight-up action. Action was great. They executed beautifully. This I just feel like this episode could have been its own thing where you tee up other stories. I know that they didn't really tee up anything this season for like for other spies. Even though I feel like the armor being a spy would have been really, really great. I feel like that was just wasted potential. Not that I want the armor to be a bad person it's just i'm very disappointed that there was no other conspiracy theory i know that donald's just like don't read into it you're reading too much into it the the title the spies was just an awful title because there's only one spy in this entire episode and sure you could argue the shadow council was other spies but like or like they mentioned that they have spies all over the place but like okay but like then why is that the episode why is that the episode title why are you calling it the spies it doesn't makes sense if you're gonna call it the spies add a little intrigue to it add a little bit more spies into it i don't know i don't know if it's the person who wrote or who decided on the title if it's their fault or it's the fact that fans just had uh greater expectations including myself but the idea of like the armor being the spy this entire time was freaking it was intriguing it was more exciting like how does because like not having a spy just ask more questions like how does moth know they're coming how does he know this information like how does he know all this they didn't really dive deep into it and again that goes into season three thoughts which i'll just say like season three overall was just kind of a disappointment and it was not disappointment in the way of like the show itself, like quality is going down. I think overall the quality of these visually is doing great. Directing's still pretty good. The quality that's going down is just the writing seemed half baked. Like John Favreau wrote this whole season and it just it didn't seem like he was overall that interested. Just like I said before. It's like it's like when you play an RPG RPG. And the side quests are amazing. It's like Skyrim. All the side quests are amazing. The main storyline, not it's, it's, it's there. It's fine. It does its job. It's a three. It's good. It's just not that you're just not interested in it. And it just seems like John Favreau felt like this season was necessary. It was mandatory for what needed to come with the Star Wars universe. But he didn't seem that interested in writing really too much like it was very surface level. It was a surface level season. It was written very surface level, very casually. If you watch Andor, then you watch Mandalorian, like I did. It just—it's so it, it like it was a detriment to the show a little bit. It was a detriment in enjoying it. I joked with with Donald on this too, where 
there was that one point where he's like, all right, engineers away. It's like, yo, if you're writing, like, you, you no, no one's going to call somebody else by their job title. You know, you wouldn't be like, engineers away. You'd be like, yo, Steve, Janet, like, leave the fucking room. Like, there was just no depth in the writing. Like, it, it seems like John Favreau just wrote this in, like, six weeks or less and kind of just moved on without going back into the episode and laying it out. So there's a lot of interesting premise. There's a lot of interesting storylines there. It just, everything just didn't really, they didn't take the interesting premises and explore it to its full potential. They kind of just went through the motions and went through it. And it's just kind of felt like a waste, which led into this episode being kind of just, it was greatly executed, but it was like, ah, there's so much more that could have been done. And I want to talk so much more about it. But I'm gonna save it till next week with Donald. So please, uh, this is this is Don't Evolve Me. This is a Demi. This is Fresh Takes. Get your Fresh Takes here. Fresh Takes. Fresh Takes here. Next week we'll dive deep, deep, deep into season three as a whole. We'll talk more about this episode. We'll talk season four predictions as well as uh, Ahsoka. So check out next week with Donald. All right, we out.